I call them devils, these kitty devils, right? This is any team, truthfully, I mean this hand in heart, any team who can plot and implement and take down Clare at the moment, I, I do think it's kinney. Join myself, Willow Callahan, along with James Skehill and Paul Murphy for the best insight this hurling season. The Football Pod on OTB Sports in partnership with AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Hello there, and you're very welcome along to episode 24 of the Football Pod. Paddy Andrews, you're home from Portugal. We're going to get to that in a second. James O'Donoghue, talk to us about your co Park experience. You made your debut in a live radio sense, covering the matches. A baptism of fire. You nailed it. How did you find it? <laughs> it was the longest day of my life. Uh, <laughs> talk us through it. Come on. How did you get there? How did you get home? Did you enjoy the free coffee and sambos, though? That's a nice I, I drank some Monte Coffee. I was yeah, expecting, like... Sushi and just a bit of prosecco. This isn't this isn't craving cottage couple, gyms. There was a couple of stragglers of slice of brown bread hanging around the place and things like that. Yeah, but, uh, that doesn't happen on the seventh in Croker. They look uh, after you, joking. but it's not sushi. No, they did. They looked after me. No, it was coffee and sandwiches. It was nice. It was nice. But we had a match. We had a match at Saturday night with the Legion, so I was a bit tired after that. So we got the flight up at Ooh. half ten. First class. First class Ryanair, 40 minutes in the air was ideal into, into Dublin, bus into the city, Jeez, walked into like the... Off the ball pay for all this. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah. For all this. yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, it was on the bus, there, on the 16. No we put, it was we put you on the 16 for the bus. <laughs> <laughs> all the money was spent on your flight. Like. The flight. Anytime it's I go only in, 40 like, euro return flight now carry to Dublin. That's it's sensational. absolutely insane. Okay, get your plugs out of the way. Right. How did you get the Croker then? You walked, you got the bus down to... Walked down into the press box. Oshin Langan waiting for me. Professional as always. And a gent looked after me. So I didn't any autographs in the press box, right? <laughs> he was signing him. <laughs> so we got in. I, I actually I actually rarely watch a game where you have to remember what's happening. Like ten minutes later, I'd it's say, different, isn't it? I take commentary. Not an analyst here. That's <laughs> 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 not literally. I take commentary. Do you know you're cut? You're probably talking about what's just happened. Whereas yeah. with the analysis, like fifteen minutes later, they could cut to you, and you have to talk about the incident. So, um, yeah, it, and it was concentration involved. It was carnage, James. Like what a game of football! That was phenomenal. It was it was unbelievable. It was to be fair, it was great to be there for that day. You know, it was like an historic day. We said it was going to be penalties at some stages here, and for it to be that day, it was just class. Like full full house, Crow Park. The nerves by the penalty takers must have been insane. Like yeah. to be the first ones in Crow Park to do it. I know that obviously Limerick and Clare had it already this year, but. For them to be the first ones in Croker is a different kettle of fish in there. Like. I heard your analysis post-match and you were very impressed or I suppose you were very taken by how all the penalty takers opened their body. Yes. Their shots. Talk to us about that. Well, I'd be good buddies with Brian Kelly, the goalie and from Kerry. And he is, he always says that the player would probably go back to the tried and trusted, which is across the body. And he kind of thinks that maybe the more confident player will open the body. So go go to the side, the same side as he's kicking with. So if he's left-legged and he opens the body, he goes to the left as opposed to across his body to the right. So yeah. he reckons that, like, if you're nervous, you'll end up hitting it as hard as you can across your body. Yeah. Diagonally. And all the goalies kind of went that way. They kind of expected that to happen. But the lads on the field were so cool, they just slid it down the other way. And, like, the, the two that were missed were didn't hit the target. 
Turbot was unlucky. Campbell just blazed us over, didn't he? But Campbell the keeper the went the wrong way for both of them, didn't he? Yeah. The rain had kind of kicked in by extra time, though, James, hadn't it? Like it was like a different climate. It was. I don't think. Did he slip? Is that what you're saying, Paddy? I don't yeah, think. Yeah, because I was thinking about the rain, and it just, it was, look, it was so far off. I'm like, did it? Did he kind of slip? Remember, David Beckham had won in the Euros, and he kind of hit his standing foot, and it skied yeah. out like that. Yeah. Because, like, you'd be confident with Campbell. Like, he's, he's yeah. a silky player, and you're thinking, or was he trying nearly Orion Adonahu and going to try and curl into the top corner, which is ballsy? Yeah. Like, <laughs> with the first pen on a shootout, that is. It is, and he That's was on for the whole game like. as well. Campbell, like he was, he was, he put in a savage effort. Yeah, he would have been tired legs there, oh. but he didn't. Do you know when you kind of sky one, you go, you always turn around and give the penalty spot a good yeah, shake yeah, to the head. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. the spot, the pitch is absolutely. Oh, play the grounds, man. Play the what, grounds. What he was the, what, what, the crab? Pretend you've done your hammer or something like yeah. <laughs> anything, anything to pass the book, like. What was your feeling during the penalties, James? Like, did you feel this awful dread for the players, or were you just excited? Well, as soon as I think Paddy tweeted something like this as well. As soon as it went to extra time, you're praying for penalties. Like, yeah. you know, you just want the extra time to be gone and you just want the excitement of the penalty. So we were kind of in anticipation for that. As soon as Reno Neal kicked the free, we we're like, we could have penalties here. And then when you see the five lads separated from their team and they line up on the 45 <laughs> and the rest of their team is 20 yards behind them. And it's very much lads get us through here. It's all on you. We, we can do no more the, the 30 fellas behind it's all on, on E5 mad isn't it they're just standing there with their their arms crossed just watching and it's all on the lads and it's it is pressure pressure situation for them but the Galway fellas were so cool camp collected I was very oh, impressed fans were top class but, yeah. well Joyce Joyce said after the game he said they were our five boys and they practiced penalties every night after training those five boys they were our five yeah now and I wonder if one of them got injured what? was Gleeson going to take the fifth no, Kieran Malloy. Kieran Malloy. was Where? taking one for Armagh. Cameron Cutter was four and four. Rafferty was going to take one for Armagh, obviously, you thought. Yeah. But I was wondering, is Gleeson going to be the fifth? And I was like, Jesus, that's yeah. impressive now. But but lads, I, I seen the reaction, and we, we spoke about this a lot this year. Like, And I seen the reaction of Sunday game last night. I see Joyce's comments after McGeady. Lads, it was absolute box office. Like, yeah, it was really phenomenal was. stuff. Like, y- yes. It, it's a hard way to lose. But if our man lose by a point an extra time, that's a hard way to lose as well. Like when you're at this business end of the championship, losing the game, a tight game, you're devastated for weeks. So does the does penos make it worse? Lads, I was watching it in Portugal yesterday on the iPad there. But, but was it was that you on your own? Goal. Were you on your own I or an Irish boat? Twenty lads when it was went to penos. We were lads. I didn't even know Irish fellas coming over, and we were watching it in the shade uh, where I always hang out with them on holidays. <laughs> and it was, it's just, it's incredible drama. And and, and just the timing of it that it was the first game, so all the Mayo and Kerry fans were in. There, there was probably seventy one thousand in the stadium. Yeah, at the time that this took place, and I, yeah, I hear you understand why because it's new, and you're a coach like Joyce, and it's it's an easier one for him to kind of give out about it because his team have got through. But lads, it was phenomenal stuff. Like, like it was absolute bock. That game will go down even without the penalties. There were so many instances in that game alone. It was one of the best games, look, hands down in this championship. But in the last decade, I'm trying to remember games where that much happened. Phenomenal <laughs> scores. I like, said 50 years. 
But before the penalties, like before the penalties, lads, it was like Beirut out there in extra time. There was just bodies everywhere. And right. lads, anytime anyone ran, they were just cramping up. They were hitting the deck. You think Armagh get the goal? Like, like Galway get through Connor Gleeson, or maybe not just just high balls into the Galway square. You're going how like under ten stuff these goals. And Grugan gets that goal, and you think that's gonna swing her for them. Then, like Killian McDade in extra time, what the, like phenomenal! He pops up with a brilliant goal. Then Ethan Rafferty's run and slips it to Jamar Hall. You're thinking, just he's actually in on goal here, taps it over, and you're thinking, there's one play, just hang on. I'm surprised they didn't hang on from there. So was I. I, I thought back. Yeah, and they're thinking maybe they might give away a free because they're overzealous and they're just like they're they're seconds away. But like Killy McDade breaks two easy tackles. They didn't want to follow him. You see, I'd say what if they I, thought, I thought if, it was going to be a free any hand on him, he'll draw himself down. I thought, but then well, so I don't know if the ref would have given it, but it was still a phenomenal score, yeah, and it was like. That was about the 15 thing that had happened in the last 20 minutes. Yeah. And then it was penalties. And then it was like penalties. Jesus Christ. I mean, as entertainment goes, like, okay, traditionalists will say, let's have a replay, bring them back next weekend. But then you're into the bracket of whoever wins that is playing the semi-final very the following week. And you have three games in three weeks and picking up knocks or their suspensions and they're missing all those games. Like, there's flaws with that way as well. I thought that the yeah. extra time and penalties were, in terms of just sheer entertainment, like it was absolute box office stuff. Mm, yeah. And the football championship has been crying out for something like this. There hasn't, like, what games have really been exciting today? Like, like we had our man Donegal the first half, maybe, in Clonus. Um, Paddy, can I, can I put it to you? imagine though there was room in a GA calendar that when we got to this stage of the season that when the games were this good that you had a sellout again next week between Galway and Armagh. Yeah, yeah. And look, like, tell me, there were pros and cons to that. Yeah. I remember when replays were, there was replays 10, 15 years ago and supporters were going mental that refs were just blowing up to get a replay, <laughs> get a crowd in. We all remember those days as well. There, there are special occasions, particularly with the buzz around Armagh and, and, and the noise and support they brought. Galway have massive momentum behind them this year. Yeah, like possibly that's that's a positive, but the GEA have said we're condensing this season down. Yeah. We're playing it. We're going to play the club championship and give the club players their certain things. So there's always pros and cons to both. Some of the stuff they bring in, the changes are not good. Mm. Some things are crying out for changes and they won't change them. They've gone with the penalties and look, lads, you, you just have to look at social media. Jimmy, you were in the ground. I mean, Excitement levels like that. There was nothing in this championship that's been anywhere near that. We we could, do you know the other thing, lad? We could have some more of these because these, the Talton Cup final and the two semi-finals are very very tight games. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw another one. And yeah, no, I think you're right. The semi-finals is definitely. I actually am unsure. Somebody might let us know. One of our listeners might let us know if the Talton Cup can have penalties because the All Ireland final can't. The All Ireland oh, final really? goes to replay. Yeah. So the All Ireland final is the only game. Well, yeah, can't yeah. have penalties. Would it have extra time? Has extra time. Okay. Has replay. Like I, I just don't know when that ends. Like how many replays can you have? But anyways, <laughs> I don't know about Talton Cup. I went looking for it. We were asked the question recently, and it, it didn't get there. We are going to analyze the game, and we're going to talk about the many moments in the game. We're going to analyze uh, Kerry Mayo. James is going to ask you, did you actually even have the stomach 
for a second game after the drama <laughs> of the first game. Uh, we're going to talk you about your flight home. No, you got to train I, home. No, I would train home. They delayed the train, thank <laughs> God. Jeez. Fair play. No, honestly, day. fair play to Irish Royal for thinking of that. Yeah. Uh, they oh, didn't have... Award. Did you have... They didn't have the bar open though, did they? Oh, I legged it from Crow Park to the train station. Delighted. All I was thinking about was a nice pint of cider to, to refresh myself after the, the distance I was after legging it. Did you get the, did you not get the free loose? All I see no? as I was coming in the door was your man pulling down the shutter of the bar. Oh, no, 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 please, please. I was banging on the shutter like one more. <laughs> but, uh, and then there was no food or drinks or nothing on the train. Either. A couple of Kerry fans not give you a few cards on the train, no? You weren't allowed anything on the train. Oh, boy, what is There this? was a guard walking up and down the length of the train. No, no, there was you young are, fellas, no. There was young fellas sipping cans out of their pockets. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> long trek home. Yeah, it was a long way home, but no, it was good. It was worth well it. Well done, Jimmy. Any great debut. Yeah, well done. No, genuinely, the, the feedback to James's debut was superb. Paddy, I think you're going to be in Crow Park for us pretty soon. I think you're going to have, we're going to have to get you in one of the days. And then uh, <laughs> whoever... The semis. I'll do both the semis. I think the way it's fallen is whoever wins that semi-final between Dublin and Kerry will be booking their seat in the seventh tier of Crow Park to be on analysis for off the ball, lads. So <laughs> that's the battle. That's all. That's a, a few points in the press box. I'll, I'll happily do that here as well. <laughs> so you are listening to episode 24 of the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue. We have so much to talk about this week. There are the four games to review. We're going to tease a bit of a preview of the All-Ireland semi-finals. There's loads of questions that have been sent into us. There's a bit of breaking news coming from out west that we're going to get into in a moment. The show was brought to you every week by AIB, proud sponsors of the Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. James, I would like to get your view of the brawl that broke out. Yeah. Before we get to the brawl, Galway are a point up in normal time. It's the, <laughs> the eight minutes, the 78 minute of the game. Yeah. And it's in Shane Walsh's hand underneath the Hogan stand. He's running down the sideline. There could be 30 seconds left in the clock. Yes. And the goal is not even in the goal. Goal is not in the goal. And he spots someone on the other side of the pitch. And I describe yeah. this as a David Ginola moment. Yeah. If you remember the, the cross in the World yeah, Cup yeah, in France. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got away with it, obviously. Shane Walsh, because he buries his penalty later on and he obviously redeemed himself. But that ball, that crossfield ball, gets intercepted and it breaks down the field. Soupy Campbell wins the free. Yeah. Rian tries to take a quick. Kodrick says, no, 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 you're not taking this quick. Go back. I'd say Rian buys a yard or two or maybe. But what a kick. Like, we're talking... This kick is similar angle to Dean Rocks in 2017, but it's about 20 yards back, isn't it? Well, further out, yeah. What a kick. Oh, no, it's a monster kick. And it had another probably 15 yards on it. It wasn't coming down. Like, it hit hit the the net behind the goal with pace. Can you talk us through? still traveling. Reen O'Neill placing the ball down. From from Reen O'Neill placing the ball down to what happens in the resulting minute. Can you talk us through what you saw? From when he's won the free. So when he's about to take... Take the free. Talk us through that. So, first of all, do you Campbell remember this now, Jimmy? This is the analysis bit coming. <laughs> there was in. so like, much happening. Right, you were there. there. No, he. So Campbell, Campbell kind of ducks his shoulder and there's a lazy foul, but they think that they they fouled him outside the scoring zone. Yes. It was actually a clever enough foul if he takes it from the spot, probably that the foul happened. But in fairness to Reno Neal, like any clever player, he has long arms. He sticks his arse out and he plants the ball just a couple of yards closer to the 45. He didn't even need it in the end. 
But he takes a step back and he absolutely pings it. Yeah. Like I'd say the noise off the connection would have been absolutely beautiful. And it hits it hits the middle of the net behind the goal. And as soon as that happened, you could see Reno O'Neill's reaction. He jumps up and he does an almighty fist bump. And I was watching Danny and McGinney on the sideline as well. They were the same. Like they thought we're we're on here because they knew the Galway would be on a, such a downer after that. Get the boys in, extra time will take them. As it went over, from what I could see, the Armagh say full forward line and maybe half forward line, kind of fellas around the goal. They kind of celebrated into their Galway opponents. So they kind of like banged them into the chest with a with an aggressive push, kind of, you know, when you kind of go, yeah, let's go, let's go, we're back here kind of thing. And I think it was kind of because there was a bit of cynicism on both sides throughout the game. So it was a bit needly. And this yeah. was the opportunity they took to just say, you know, we're we're here, so we're going to beat you now. Was that and like Dublin Mayo 2017, that final kickout we spoke about last week, or is it different? Is this different? It was different because in that kickout, everyone in the stand knew that the ref was going to blowing this up. There was no more kickout, you know, whereas okay. in that Dublin and Mayo game, yeah, the Dublin lads just grabbed the fella so he wouldn't get the ball. But okay. this time was up. This was an intimidation kind of a, everyone does it. I, we were in, yeah. we were in a county final uh, a couple of years ago and we got a, a point like six minutes into a four minute additional time to draw a county final. And the same thing happened. We were so relieved after getting the, the drawing point and we're playing South Kerry, Brian Sheen and Declan Sullivan's crowd. They were so devastated that there was a couple of pushes and a bit of altercation. There was a brawl like that. It just sparked out of control. So emotions were so high that as they were going into the tunnel, they were all hopping off each other. But to be fair, and I know obviously we're going to talk about what happened after there was, it was complete handbag stuff. There was nothing by the players coming off the field. No one did anything stupid. It was just when the subs got involved. Yes. Even there was bits and pieces of management involved. That's when it gets dangerous because these fellas have pent up energy on the sideline and anything could happen. Once that melee or the brawl happens, it only takes one idiot to absolutely destroy the whole thing. And that is what happened. Yeah. yeah. So, well, but like, just so I, people- I, like I, 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 it is very common. A late score in any big game that is, that is going to happen. The, the team that, that gets out of jail, gets the score, they are like ready to burst. Pumped. Yeah, And the team that's given it away and not just a point, like Galway give away two goals as well. So you're Galway, you are taking head in hands. How in God's name are we in this position? Like three minutes ago, we are cruising into an All-Ireland semi-final. So, so the Galway lads, they don't need much motivation to kind of snap so, yes. so it is it is a common thing, but but I do agree with that, and, and we're going to talk about it. Like I've watched it back a number of times, and I'm sure lots of people have because it's got phenomenal coverage again. Like a couple of earlier rails this season, I would generally find the players who've been on the pitch are kind of they're so switched on they know they can't really afford to go in with a haymaker or anything like that. It is kind of pulling a drag. We've touched, we spoke about this before, and the headlock thing is something you just do not want to see because that can go wrong. But when you get people coming in who should not be on the pitch, and I'm including selectors and stuff in, in this, and you could see it yesterday, and I get it, they're, they're coming in to try and calm things down. That doesn't really work. When you start getting people coming from outside the pitch into play, it is a recipe for disaster. And 
the incident is completely and utterly unacceptable. We, it's been well well covered. The GAA, I don't think David Kondrick sees it at the time. The GAA have to act, and I'm sure they will. And it's nothing. I've seen comments. This is nothing against any particular team or any particular player or any sort of vendetta. What happened there is simply not acceptable. And it's happened before in a couple of times and it can happen in nearly, if the guys are grappling on the pitch and it kind of looked like that, that looked worse than that. There was kind of time yeah. to kind of have a think yeah. about what happens and, and it just looked bad. And that really, as you were saying, that really kicks it off to another level. That's yeah. when, if you see that with one of your teammates, that is just way, so far off the spectrum of being acceptable. Nearly like I'd say someone spitting on someone. There's just certain acts that Similar, we're just yeah. Yeah, That we, is just not acceptable. And that escalates it again. And it's, like, we're talking about how brilliant it was as a finale to the game with Reno O'Neill, a phenomenal bit of skill. We're talking about the penalties. Like I say, it's the biggest crowd, sporting crowd in Ireland since pre-COVID. There's 70,000 people there. The whole country is nearly watching this on telly because it's such, we haven't had a brilliant football game like that. And then that descends in and it's just, look, it's just a bad look again and it's just becoming a bit too common, too common. And how, how like, let, let's not get into how long a band should be. That's like, the incident is there for all to see and like, RT cameras are there. The footage is there instantly. It's available. Like Paddy, we were both watching from outside the stadium. James, you were in there. I, I'm not sure that many people in the stadium, apart from people on the Cusick side, would have had that good a view of what happened. Um, but you would have been appreciative of, of, I suppose, the emotion. I think actually the way you've set the scene is very interesting. Owen Cadigan would have made the point on Twitter afterwards. And I know Kieran McGinney was making this point too. The, the benches are all on the Hogan stand side, but because it's a double header, both teams are on the Cusick sand side, right? The Cusick sand side. So they're all entering the dressing room at the same time. All management, all players, all selectors, everyone's sprinting for that dressing room at the same time. So I actually think there was no way of stopping non-playing members from getting involved. What they do that at times, what, what they do is they hold back. They say, right, say if Kerry Dublin were playing, they say, yeah, right, yeah. Dublin, you're going to dressing rooms first. This is before the game at halftime. Kerry, you're to, you're to hold out. Has that happened much? Because there's been so many incidents with tunnel clashes recently. Well, sometimes when you're, when you're, when you're fighting, you're running after each other. So yeah. You're, you're yeah, just it, rushing it to get really, down the tunnel. Because I'm going to see you down the thing, tunnel. I think the only way around that, Jimmy, you've got to go different sides. Yeah. Uh, like, we've both we've played in these games and it's, whatever about going out onto the pitch, you're actually physically held back and you go out at separate times. But you're going in a half time or full time. There's no one stopping the teams going at the same time. So, like... So maybe, who's going to stop them, like... No, exactly. No. Who's, so, it's kind of a recipe for disaster. Not every game finishes in a finale like that. But, like, we had it at Munster Hurler final two weeks or two weeks before at Temple Stadium. Same team. Tony Kelly gets the score and there's a massive row going in the tunnel in Temple Stadium as well. It's just, if you've 30 guys or more, like you say, nearly 50 guys running in together at the same time when there's been a last-minute score. Mm. like The emotion the whole, is incredible. Yeah, that's the it. it's, 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 Never mind. There's 70,000 people there and it's absolutely insane, which is brilliant to see, but they've got to be a bit smart of how they, they manage that going forward because lads, we're going to see it. There's going to be a massive crowd with Galway and Derry. 
yeah. on, sat- on Saturday the 9th. That's a ma- what an opportunity for both those counties. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be tight. Dublin and Kerry is going to be in your face and it's going to be a sellout. Like, I, I think maybe it, it's time you go down the road where I get it that Mayo and Kerry is the second game, so they're both on the Hogan stand side. So I think you just go separate Just split sides. them. Just split yeah. them. I think that, look, look at that. After because that was, the GAA, yes, it, it, we're not condoning it. It's not acceptable, but the GAA have to go, well, are we managing that situation as best as we can? And they're probably not. It's, and then the follow from it as well. I just want to switch on this because it's a, how Nugent and Sean Kelly are picked out of that. Like, well, what's the story there? So I, I, I don't think that? we've got. I, I don't think Adam how that. I don't think we've got right yet. I don't think, and I, I think it's wrong. I don't think we've got the full answer to it yet, right? I think so. Uh, the GA gave the the word to the Sunday game that it was for contributing to a melee. This phrase that we keep hearing, right? <laughs> on the day, which means people contributing. Yeah. yeah, but on the day, there was a suggestion that it was because they were both captains, and that is why there, it was done. <sighs> now, to me, then, O'Neill was giant captain. But that's the thing. Said, so that, if it's Kelly, O'Neill has to go. So why are you bringing news? It felt that, a bit like Mikhail and Coyle. That can't be legit. It felt Someone a little bit like. Adam. Lee Mikhail and Coyle. There must have been. So I don't know, right? You can you clearly say sent off because they were captains. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. That is insane. But I did but hear that. The problem. Heard but hold on, hold on. He's going around. This is another that issue that we have in the game, right? The referees need to be tweet at that or something. No way, that's true. <laughs> Look, we we've kind of skirted around one or two things here, right? The the the, the dressing room thing is definitely rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> the dressing room things is definitely something that can be looked at, right? The brawls is something that we need to talk, talk about. The referee coming out and explaining why he sent off Kelly and Nugent needs to happen. Referees aren't made to come out and clarify things. There needs to be conversation about disciplinary into GA. That's, uh, I'm just going to mention this, right? And I'm not going to relitigate any previous situations, but there is one incident that we can reference that I don't know if it was dealt with properly at the time. Now, it is different, right? And it happened in a game that both of you were playing in, in 2015. The reason we can talk about it is that Philly McMahon got a ban for an apparent eye gouge on Kieran Donaghy in 2015. Dublin did not appeal that ban. They felt it was harsh. Philly came out afterwards and he spoke to Marty Morrissey and RTE. Didn't say that he intentionally gouged. He said that, but he did feel like what happens on the pitch should stay on the pitch. Mm. The thing at the time is that Kieran Donaghy afterwards was also interviewed. Donaghy said, I don't know what happened. There's only one man who can tell you whether he meant it or not. But in that game, players were mic'd up for an RTE documentary. And you can hear it in the footage. Kieran Donahue chasing the referee. Ref was mic'd up. Dave Kodrick is mic'd up. So Dave Kodrick, same referee again. Same referee. And you can hear Kieran going, Dave, he gouged me, he gouged me. And Kodrick turns around and says, all I saw was two players on the ground grappling for a ball. And that's his. Now, when you watch back the footage, it's very hard to tell. It's very, like it's a slippy day, hands on the face. Does GA have a duty of care here to deal with this really seriously? And to really make a statement now and really actually look at their disciplinary system across the across the board. We've had so many brawls this year. It needs to be dealt with. It, it, it's actually gotten to a point now where we can't let this happen. Why doesn't it happen in rugby? Like, why doesn't it happen in, in football that we have these mass brawls with 30 people who clearly have respect for each other on a, on a pitch and off a pitch and are all living in the same bloody country and yet they're getting into these crazy brawls that look pathetic. The, the disciplinary process is not fit for purpose, lads. But we, we all season, whether it's things being dealt with on the pitch, these brawls happening, like you say, are like for Armagh have been involved in three of the biggest ones. Um, but it, whether it's Armagh or not, it's you're going to these games and they're high profile games, and there's six, 60 players involved yeah. between when the subs start getting involved, and it's not it's just a terrible, terrible look. 
nothing like Comer. Thankfully, is is not injured. Obviously, he, he plays the game out, but th- that is going to come down the tracks, or something's going to happen. We had the issue in the athletic rounds earlier where, where the guys falling into railings and stuff like that and it's right beside the supporters that's not acceptable but but why it doesn't happen in other sports is because when like Sean Kelly's going to get off for the semi-final and, and to be fair maybe this is part of the problem he should he, to be off, yeah. he, he should be off but there's nothing sure he's going to get off and when players are sent off the culture in in GAA across the board from every single team is let's get him off and, and nine times out of ten, they do. So, and every county is guilty. If a player gets sent off, it's by hook or by crook, we will find some loophole, get him off. And when that keeps happening, there, there's no responsibility for your actions. There's not. There's not. And that doesn't happen. It's, if red card in soccer, red card in, in rugby, forget about it. I don't even know if there is an appeals process. Like, Roy Keane misses 99 Champions League final gets, you know, exactly. two yellow cards against Juventus. But, but if there is an excuse or if there's precedent for guys to get off this and there is every single sending off in hurling of football this summer is appealed and they're getting off. So if there's no consequences, these things are going to keep happening. I'm not saying come in and throw the book at everyone but the GA have to get tough with this because you're right, it is happening too often. And there's one of the biggest games, the, the most um, entertaining game of the year, the biggest crowd of the season, all on national television. That that just looks shit. And, and they're not being tough enough on it. The appeals process is a shambles. And this, like you say, I had an issue with picking out two players out of that who, as far as I could see, having watched it back a lot of times, go, how in God's name are these guys being picked out? Kelly actually identifies the, the player and is kind of trying to stop this and reacts pretty calmly, I would say, because you could be pretty rash in how you respond to that. And he gets picked out. Galway get through, but like Nugent probably would have taken a pen out for our mass. So it's like, it, 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 the whole thing is just a bit of a mess. And because this is yeah. so high profile, there has to be some sort of redress with this with what's going on in the GA disciplinary process it's laughable but the only thing is Paddy right all they can do is say if something like that happens like a goge or a punch is ban them so like it is, doesn't is, stop it happening for, it doesn't stop it happening at the minute is there any rule for a gouge like, like a striking opponent or I don't know. But, don't say, know, but say you'd, you'd have to stick you'd have to stick a fish hook in the same boat as the gouge, you know? But say like, if there was, right? And if there was a, a three month ban for a fish hook or a gouge, right? And there was a one month ban for a punch in the face. Like the fella who's who's about to do it isn't going, Will I do the gouge? I'll, I'll get three months or will I do the punch? Do you know like the ban isn't coming into their head? Going through the list of options here, like But they're going to do it anyway. Like it doesn't stop it. Whatever the the ban is doesn't stop it from happening either. No, it doesn't. No, like the, there are going to be these instances. If, if you're just at, say look at that game, say Armatron in the league. And if you're involved in that, you know there's a three-month ban. You're thinking, I'm missing pretty much the whole championship here. I think some players might be thinking, going, before I go in here and be a hero, I could miss, my season could be over on the back of this. But yeah, they're definitely not thinking that now because they're thinking, I can go in and stone cold, yeah, stunner, stone cold stunner some fella and I'm still yeah. going to get off because you get a good lawyer in. So, so the fact that there's no consequences at all at the minute, like... 
wild west stuff. Yeah. But this fella will have the book thrown at him. But just on the on the rugby, say the rugby and the soccer thing of not being a a brawl in those sports. Like the GA, there's so much happening in such a quick space of time that emotions are are at an unbelievable high pitch. So it, it can just take fire like that. If anything happens, it can catch fire and become dangerous. Like in rugby, the ball is out of play for 90% of the time or they're standing around waiting. Like they have a lot of time to process what's happening. Whereas in the GA, it can go from, you can go from being six points down to level to a point up to level. Next thing, free fight. It's just all happening so fast. So like they have to stop the, the melee. That's the one they have to stop because there's anyone can do anything inside in that. It doesn't matter yeah. what the ban is. It's not going to stop someone doing something inside there. Once the emotions are that high, it just happens. Well, are, are we saying but that I'll, we need... I'll give you an example here. Can I just say, and it was the end of the Kerry Mayo match yesterday. Remember on the sideline, game's over. I think it's like the fourth minute of injury time and Tony Brosnan over carries yeah. the ball. And keeps it. And he lies on the ball for about 15 seconds and Jordan flipped. Like the game is over and has been over for 20 minutes. So there's no real emotion or intensity in that. And you're just going, Jordan Flynn comes over and tries to rip it out of him and he's hanging on to it. Like, that is how these things start. Yeah. Something as innocuous as that. And if that's a tight game, if, if there's a point in it, a mayor are trying to get the ball, like that, that's a 30-man brawl again. Yeah, that's dangerous. Yeah, I agree 100 percent Like this holding on to the ball. And like, I was looking at it going, why... What are you? The game's over. What? Just give him the fucking ball. Do like, mm. you know what I mean? So that's a, a massive issue for them as well. But look, like it sounds to me like it's, it's, there were some yeah. pretty good games on as well. Like let's let's, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Yeah. Let's get to it. Yeah. Jane Walsh's uh, thing at the end, incredible, incredible. Which thing? The Kicking the ball across. The okay, place. let's let's take a break Sorry. and come back like, to it. Right. So this is Sorry. episode twenty four of the Football Pod. <laughs> we're coming back with the football. We're starting with Galway. I'm uh, stay with us. We'll be back to you in a moment. Very welcome back to the Football Pod of Paddy Andrews and James Dunhu. Let's get talking football, lads. Time to get into it. Paddy Sorry. Andrews, I interrupted you there. Talk to me. <laughs> Just incredible. Terror to hero stuff. Um, Galway are the better team. Over the over the yeah, over the yeah. hundred minutes, okay. Yeah, um, maybe not extra time is kind of um, a flow, but I, I thought their second half performance was was excellent from them. They had the job done. They had the job done. They had some massive performances from, like, say, their supporting cast. But there, there's been kind of the triumph, triumphant of players who've kind of been the forefront of Galway over the last number of years. Comer, Conroy, Walsh, McDade has come back from Australia and like what a performance what leadership from him to get them out Sean Kelly was phenomenal until kind of obviously the incident towards the end and the game was won hold on Rob Finnerty Finnerty and Matthew, sorry, and Matthew, yeah. and Matthew Tierney that, that's your beat to beat stars yeah Tierney's talent is not in question but he's had a quiet championship he was star I was massively impressed with him last season brilliant success underage the Sigerson in the spring as well but he has not he's been you had him player to watch, I think, in, in yeah, he's, in he's, first he's, he's had a poor championship, I would say, to his, and that's by his standards and, and the quality he has. Yesterday, he kind of stood up, and that's that's ominous for Derry in the semi final. Like, oh, we are starting to get a spread of players and a spread of leadership around our team. And it was, it was 
brilliant to see and the game was over and you're just thinking that play I could not believe I nearly threw the iPad into the pool it was gone <laughs> I was like what an incredible thing to do and we spoke with Shane Walsh at length on this and he has some brilliant moments yesterday some massive freeze he nails his penalty again all that but I don't know what they're blessed to get away with that did it remind you of Dermot Connolly's sideline yeah yeah yeah, it did. And it was right there. It was in the same area of the pitch. And our reaction to that was frustration, to put it mildly. That Mayo went up and kicked the score. Look, O'Connor kicks an equaliser. We get away with it in the end as well. We, we win the replay. But it was just the thing where everyone on the team was thinking, don't, don't do that. This shouldn't yeah. be happening. And whether it's just a brain freeze, I don't know. I'm Shane Walsh can tell you. But... We're, we're now at the stage of the championship in next weekend and in, in these games. Those things are going to cost you. And it's so nearly cost Galway yesterday. And what would their reaction be? What would Park Joyce and management team and other players be thinking at the time if that was the incident that you're going, the game was won, just manage. Well, well, mm. It's insane. Even, even if it's a shot and it's a wide, it was unbelievably high risk. At no stage in the game is that a a play to make, yeah. Let alone at, the, at that point in the game. So that was just an incredible moment on it. Um, that, 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 that ultimately could have cost him. Yeah, James, I have two questions for you. One can be quick, right? Was Killian McDade your man in the match? Was Killian McDade extra time? Certainly. But... Well, in the seventy, it was uh, Stephen Campbell. Really? Okay. Yeah, I thought he was outstanding because. Armagh were dead and buried and he kept at it kept going got a couple of lovely points every ball that was going in as well was coming off his boot he was winning kickouts I just thought he was outstanding um, and McDade was good in normal time but he really showed he actually said we're going out here unless I do something it was nearly that kind of a, a mindset Boy, he had. Over and stuff. Then. yeah and he stepped up and got 1-1 so it was hard to call him man the match, but over the seventh day, I would have gone Stephen Campbell. Okay. But that I, said, I know we're going to say, what are you going to say about Shane Walsh? Yeah, I just want to get your perspective of the game because looking at it from TV, and I like we, we'd spoke about it and build up, and we speak a lot about Shane Walsh, speak a lot about Reen O'Neill. I felt looking at it that Reen stood up and feels that massive ball, uh, kicks that massive point, that Shane had kept himself in the game with the freeze, but he stayed on the edge of the game for so long. And... Yeah. It's actually, he's lucky he gets another chance now in an All-Ireland semi-final again, but he's going to he's going to get the treatment again. Can you talk to us about how Armagh dealt with him and if you felt like Walsh stayed on the outside of that game or did you think he was a bit they better? They were both, if you take Reno O'Neill and Shane Walsh, from what I saw of it, they played two very different games, right? Reno O'Neill was in all the big moments for Armagh. Yeah. He... Nailed the free when it had to be nailed. And he did that unbelievable fetch for the goal. Turbot's going. When Conor Gleeson, yes, fists it into the ground and Turbot kicks it in. He had those two massive plays. He, gave, he got a nice score in the first half and he gave one or two very nice balls into the full forward line. But he didn't do too much more. You know, he wasn't really involved in the, in the small stuff. No, he didn't. Neither of them dominated the game. Shane Walsh was constantly involved in the game, but he didn't have any of those big moments that Rian had. That was what, what was missing from Shane's game. But that said, he was playing in the second half, he was playing left half forward. And all Galway's attacks were down that side, even, even from the position he gave that, that bad pass across the field from. 
Mm. Everything was going down that side and it just gave them lovely control. It was like, that was the only kind of stupid thing he did. Every time the ball came down that side, he minds it, he works something, he kind of drew some bodies in and he set up a couple of scores in that spell where they went six up. Isn't that why it's so odd that that literally, in the biggest moment you're thinking, he's yeah. been so mature in his play. Yeah. At the biggest moment, literally to do... Just a brain, argue, a brain for Worst yeah. thing, just a complete brain freeze, yeah. yeah. But he, like, that pass should... I always say, if you're on one sideline, you want to get it over to the other side. It has to be two passes. There is no way you should launch a ball across the field in one pass because he, there's too caught. much danger in it. Well, like, believe that that's, they don't even caught. need to do that. They don't even you need got, to do it. Yeah, they don't, but in this situation, they definitely don't need to do it because he has, he's actually running down the wing. Rafferty is nearly behind him trying to get back into the goals. And there's only one or two Armad defenders around him. He could put that on the top of his own toe and kind of jig around for 20 seconds. If, if, if he goes, he's going to be fouled. Yes. At that stage of the game, he is so, yeah. it's not like he's he's treading water there. Like he's so fast and powerful at that stage. Just get a free and the game's over. Yeah. Or, or, or basically, I would say, do anything other than what he does. Um, yeah. but, and another bad decision, Paddy, was, is it Niall Rowland, the number 18 for Armagh, yeah. takes a shot. Outside of the right. Outside of the right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? That's I thought McGeaney was going to the field and one start another brawl. It one was it was a bad decision. Such a bad decision. But when you're tired, yeah, pressure's on. Like for Shane Walsh's one, he saw tyranny across the way in oceans. But it doesn't matter. He didn't need to. If it was in the first 20 minutes of the game, he'd say, fair enough, he might get a goal chance. But best case scenario, they might get another point if that pass sticks. It's no good to them. They've already won the game. They don't need another point. That's why it was such a strange one. And like, you know, just to move this on slightly, even if they got another point, it was a two-point game and Armagh were raining down bombs into Conor Gleeson and that Galway defence and they got such joy out of it. 3-1. Should they? But, but Paddy, why didn't they do it more? Because it's it's, it's so rare and that's what we see it in the second game that the Kerry Mayo game, so few teams play direct anymore. It's about avoiding turnovers, minding the ball, kind of this... Um, Precision-based play. We're not going to give the ball away when the kind of proverbial shit hits the fan and you've no choice. You have to start launching balls in. And our man, to be fair, are one of the teams that do try and play that way in certain aspects of the game. We've seen it against Donegal, obviously, with Grugan's goal before. But like, if you're... The, the three goals are... Parked, and I would say the four, teams, the four teams who have got through, there are big weaknesses in all four of them. So they're four provincial champions and they'll be going in and it's great. They're down to the final four. But you're at the stage of the championship now where these errors, you are not going to get away with them now. And, and the three goals Galway give away are honest to God. Like Grubin's goal in extra time is probably the worst, but the other two aren't far behind. You're thinking, that is, I would say, is a failure. Would you see that in failure under 14? Probably Possibly. not. You can blame the goalie for that and he deserves a good bit of, um, <laughs> of blame for the three goals, really. But it's, it's a full back line thing. If the ball bounces yeah, that, there... That's not specifically Gleeson. It's not just the goal. Exactly. Yeah. Someone has to probably screen the forward, let the goalie go up and bang it away. Like There's probably two or three fellas that should be involved in clearing that. But, but like for it to happen once... You can think, okay, it's just a bit of a free play. It happened three times in 10 minutes. 
or twice in injury time to, to bring it to extra time. You're thinking this is phenomenal stuff. And like that's it's kind of players switching off. It's maybe a lack of leadership there. Like, like to be fair, in the Kerry Mayo game, I think Shane Ryan actually does well. There's two balls come in and he just decides straight away, punch. I'm coming out and I'm cleaning house. Yeah. And he gets a fist on both and they're dealt with really well. And it's kind of Galway with his act up just complete indecision across the board. Everyone is looking around going, like, we haven't really prepared for this. Um, what do we do here? Do I wait for him to go up? Do I wait for him to go up? Um, you need something. I tell you, they will talk about it this week because if you're Rory Gallagher and Derry, you're going, what is the massive Achilles heel for Galway? You're going, balls into that full back line and goalkeeper is literally anything could happen. So that was... That's a, a massive area of concern for Galway going into the All Ireland semi final. Do you think they're? Do you think they'll be looking at? So they had a different keeper in the in the league, Fardy. Do you think they'll be looking uh, at? And he's back from know. injury. He's back from injury now. Like, are you I, thinking I about that? I think it's that? been an issue for them. I think it's been an issue for them. Not it's just their fourth. Them. That's their fourth goal, isn't it? Yeah, year. it's it's not just from yesterday. They get through. Gleason doesn't say. Obviously, doesn't have to save a penalty. I see him and Joyce were kind of embracing after the game. Will they change that now? Maybe not. It'd be a big call. They might, they might. Like Changing say, goalies generally doesn't go well. No. Like a, any goalie change we've seen, like it's just not worth it, I don't think. It's a kind of work. Work. Back this fella, give him as much confidence as you can, but they need to work on that on that high ball because they're gonna if face Derry get a sniff of that, they're going to absolutely start launching yeah. him. But we, we called it, we said it'd be the best game. We said it'd be tight. It was all of those things. I think our predictions were wrong. Jimmy, we went our, our math. Did we we all went, our but math? it was impossible to call. I went go it. I called go it. One to you. But Thank no, you. It, it was a phenomenal game. And look, we, I'm sure we'll discuss Galway in more depth next week for the Derry game. But what about the other three? That's the thing. And let's talk a bit of Derry, uh, Derry Clare now. Because, by God, five goals, not Ireland quarterfinal. They ripped through Clare. Um, I have to admit... I wasn't overly surprised with that. I have to admit, three minutes in, I did send... Uh, a WhatsApp message into our group saying, Do you know what, lads? I actually think this looks all right for Claire. By that stage, Derry had kicked about five wides from range, and Claire's defensive setup seemed to be whatever way it was working, forcing Derry to shoot from long range, seemed to be doing okay. It was a little bit too early because it was the kick out comes. Unfortunately, it goes scooped over, the keeper, keeper scoops it over his fullback's head, and Derry were ruthless. Benny Heron, I think, has got goals in nearly every game this year. Mm. Utterly ruthless, buries it, and then Connor Glass. Like, yeah, hand them as all star lads. Early days for that. Early, yeah. no, I'm early. saying it, lads. I'm saying it. You, gave, Glass. you gave away another midfield one to McDade yesterday. No, McDade's going seven. McDade's going seven. Seven where? The two yeah. biggest games that do. You could do nothing for the whole season, and you line it up in the semi final final, and you get an all star. So, yeah, I would say on the back of it, I, ex- I expected Derry to win that game comfortably. Mm. said it last week I thought Claire's story was brilliant to beat Ross Common and Callum Collins what he's done we've touched on that but they were the best draw to get and that's just the reality of it and it was a brilliant draw for Derry to get so they were impressive but they will have concerns they could see two goals and you're saying I think every team that won at the weekend has issues to work on and you're thinking Derry who are so organised and have been so effective with the defensive setup, there were some creaks in it on Saturday. And I don't know what it was. Was it complacency? What is it? Over eagerness where they're getting dragged to the ball. You look at um, Claire's goal in the first half, I think Pierce Lewis's goal. It's just three or four there you go. He's just get sucked to the ball. And you go, why? You don't need to go there. 
and they lose a runner, just a ghost runner straight through the middle of the pitch. And, and they get away with it because they were so superior to Clare. But you're, you're thinking of guys like Shane Walsh or Killian McDade. There are more spaces in Crow Park. And, and I see they're kind of had a being in their bonnet about saying they wouldn't be able to play in Crow Park. It's not that. It's defensive systems. You can't afford. Your margin for error is so much less because there's way more space. Yeah. And, and it's a Clare who I would say were the eighth best team on display over the weekend. And that's not a slight. Like they've done them incredibly well to get where they've got to. But like I said, at the business end of the championship, the margin for errors are just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And Derry will say, okay, we've had a really good win. Shane McGuigan was excellent. They rack up more goals. They're comfortable in their game. They've got they'll fancy their chances against Galway, but there are areas there defensively in the open spaces and against team, against an average. Clare team in terms of comparison to Galway's or Kerry's or Dublin the other teams left the championship were able to hurt them and that's just mentally just switching off getting sucked to the ball losing runners their teams they against Galway they have to be all over because as much as Derry will target Galway's weaknesses direct ball full back line uncertainty around their goalkeeper Galway will be looking at that going we can hurt these guys I, I think so and James backing up what Paddy's saying there I would also say that apart from defensively, up front, okay, they got their goals, they nailed them. Clare were very open for those for a lot of those goals. There was a, a keeper mistake for one of them as well. 13 points. A lot of McGuigan's points. He kicked one seven. He was absolutely exceptional. But when yeah. Derry's runners were driving through, the Clare defence were all over the place. A lot of McGuigan's scores were in a lot of space. I don't think they he's going to get that in a semi-final. They only kicked 13 points. And I think they've struggled for points this year. They've managed to, in Ulster... The scores have been quite low in those games. Um, are they going to need to do something in attack the next day? Well, look, if they're going to go all the way, they're going to try and keep the opposition down to a very low score. They're going to know their strengths. Their strengths are keeping it tight and breaking. Now, what they have added is an absolute rootless streak in front of goal. Like, that's an X factor that other teams probably don't have. As soon as they get a sniff of goal, they're going for it. Like, Connor so Glass. Good. Top corner. So good. All top corners, yeah. Brilliant goal. Like, McInnes's goal. He, 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 that's he, his goal. They were, all, they were brilliant goals. And this curls into top corner. So, like, they, they've worked on that and it, it's doing them unbelievable good. But. 13 points is probably going to be around what they're going to get. If they can get up to maybe 16, 17, they'll hope that that's enough because I think they'll probably go a bit more defensive from now on in. They're not going to be a team that's going to kick 20, 22 points. Yeah, they, they, like the goal definitely, the first goal definitely gave them oxygen to, because they, they had a couple of wise. They had seven first half wise. I think five of them kept, six of them came in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. But that goal, that first goal and then the glass goal gave them such oxygen and they aggressively went for Clare. They're obviously the stronger side. They aggressively went from the went for the throats. I would suspect that there is no XG in GA. I'm not suggesting there should be, but the XG for those goals, um, the, you're not going to get goals like that again. I think some of those goals in a in an all Ireland. Well, Niall Lachlan had another chance that was brilliantly saved. Yeah. Um. So they could have got they could have got seven or eight. No, could have been. I, 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 that's a, like Clare don't score from play until I think 31 minutes. Yeah. In. Like once there you get their noses in front, you can just see that this game is is done. There, were, there was a depth in quality there between both the teams. Mm. Um, so, so there was, they did manage to strangle Clare's attack, but there was definite lapses there, which would be very alarming against better teams. 
And if I'm looking at the four teams that are left, we're talking about Derry winning the All Ireland because that's a, you have to. There's four teams left, so they all have legitimate chances of winning this. The three other forward lines left in the championship will ask questions of that Derry defence that have not been asked to date. Claire definitely didn't ask them, and still had mm, there's question marks. You're looking but at that could have been a concentration issue as well, Paddy. Because and, and that's what I think. Maybe a bit of complacency. Maybe they knew they were going to win the game, and and that's that, that's generally. If I'm looking at going, well, what would be the cause of guys just getting sucked to the ball, ball watching, switching off on runners? All of that is kind of they're all mental things. They're all like I've switched off here because we're so comfortable in this game. That's what it, you will not get away with those moments. No, and they haven't been in a game like this, like they're going to be in on Saturday week. There'll be 60, 70,000 in Crow Park. It's a shot yeah. to an All Ireland final yeah. out of nowhere against another division, like two Division two teams playing each other in the semi final. Yeah. It's massive. They haven't been in that situation before. They, you cannot afford to have those lapses or it is going to cost you. They'll go for Gleason's kickouts. Galler will have them set. They'll have matchups. But the Galway forward line will ask that defence questions that Clare, Donegal in the Ulster final, a, a kind of catastrophic throne in the Ulster Championship. Or Monaghan haven't asked them yet. So, but and that that's the way it should be. You are now at the absolute pinnacle here. You're going to be asked questions, and that's an area for Derry to improve on. But yeah. like, what they've done so far to date has been outstanding. I thought it was the best draw, and they they executed it very well. Talk about a train like Armagh definitely had a a bit of momentum yeah. behind them. Derry, the colour, the noise, they yeah, had. A group on the hill, the dubs obviously came in later on and overtook it, but they took over the hill beforehand and they were booing and jeering everything. And, you know, the fans were dotted around the stadium, so they definitely brought so much colour. Just to mention, like Chris McCaig's job and Keenan Sexton, he followed them out the pitch, across the pitch. Sexton came very deep. A lot of the games trying to get into it. Did a huge job there. Brendan Rogers was tasked with going on the big man, Darren O'Neill in midfield. O'Neill is huge. Rogers went up against him, played more of his role around midfield. So it'd be very interesting to see because as you Metrics. mentioned, Galway have so many different threats. Like, and I, I had made the point at the weekend that because Comer and Walsh take such watching, Rob Finnerty has that Finnerty. beautiful thing of being the third man in that full forward yeah. line. And he is just nailing it every week. He's on it. That lovely little jink he has, nearly like a basketball bounce. Shooter, like. over the ball. Yeah, so he, yeah. he's in flying form. So next week on the football pod, we're going to be previewing those games in depth. So we look at those matchups. We're going to have Dublin Kerry. We're going to have Galway Derry. And we're going to have the Talchon Cup final, Westmead and Cavan, the preview. So let's move on, lads, to a bit of Kerry Mayo and Dublin Cork, right? Paddy, I put it to you that the Dublin Cork game was far more interesting than I thought it was going to be. I'm not saying that I had planned to leave at halftime, but <laughs> it was still a match at halftime sitting in Crow Park. It was freezing in Croker on Saturday evening. It was oh, late, it was cold. Yeah. Um, and... But he, he, like Cork had done enough in that first half to say, right, yeah. you know, I'm going to stay watching here. Powder was exceptional. Carlo Manny stood up and, and actually showed so much of the potential that he has. Like, I do think that there's green shoots for Cork this season and they have to build on it. But there is something there for Cork. And for Dublin, very, very mature second half performance. Yeah. I thought they were a little frustrated in that first half. I don't know what you thought looking on. I didn't think they were great. I don't think it was a great Dublin performance. Um I was, I thought I was impressed with Cork in the first half, to be fair to them. Um, in terms of, and if you're a Kerry looking in at this as well, the question marks you're asking Dublin, long kick passing into full forward line. And you said it, James, last week. We, we hadn't really seen Cork do that a lot. 
but they were really going for it. It was a clear tactic the weekend. They're going long with uh, Michael Martin's kickouts. Anytime they got a bit of a break around the middle, and Dublin did quite well on his kickouts, even when he went long. Fenton was back from the breaking balls. But when Cork managed to get the ball up the pitch quickly, there was a definite tactic of let's kick this ball inside. I thought Hurley did really well on Merchant in the first that half. That was thought, a bad matchup, I think. I was surprised at it. Yeah, Frank I was. was. I was very surprised. I thought it would have been Fitzsimons on Hurley. Like Fitzsimons probably had his own issues with Sherlock as well. Um, but it was in. This was an issue I said that Dublin needed to address. It was an Achilles heel in the National League and they weren't tested throughout the Leinster Championship. They were tested in that first half. Second half, they get the grips with them much better. But at the matchups, they were being asked serious questions and that was credit to Cork. Cork could, could have been a little bit more clinical. They were 10-7 down at halftime. They, they could have been probably a little bit closer. Um, but if you're if you're Kerry and Jack O'Connor looking in with an eye on Sunday week, like Kerry are going to launch balls inside. They, they did it themselves against Mayo. But if you Clifford in there, Geedy was very good for them. That is an area Dublin are going to have to address for Sunday week. So on the other side of it, I thought up front in the first half, they were a bit like Conor Callahan, like what he makes a massive, massive difference. They just looked a bit pedestrian up front again. Quite like a criticism you would have had of them in the National League that it was just slow it was a bit ponderous now Cork were getting bodies back and that's a credit to them like you say Powder was quite good or Donovan and these guys and, and they managed to frustrate Dublin similar in a way to what they did in Porky Reid against Kerry Dublin were then snatching at shots which is something we haven't seen in the championship today they've been so clinical but like Scully Kilkenny Bugler Brian Howard they have a couple of bad misses in the first half and that whole first half from Dublin was just it was a 6 out of 10 Mm. Now, it won't be good enough going forward second half a lot better a lot more clinical but but I don't think I think it's a good position to be going in and they know they have to improve massively it, massively against Kerry but that maybe not the worst position to be going into a, a semi-final in either they didn't get a sniff for goal no like Sean Powder and the role that he played was was very impressive obviously if, if Calm is there like it's a different story but the, like all week Ty Hardy's probably going to play that role on Sunday week but that's that was Ke- no no sweeper that the Cork played. Like Potter was a seventh defender. Yeah. Whereas I think Kerry will play six defenders. I think so. I think Tig won't out no sweep. Owen Sheen yeah, made the point Dublin last week. Six forwards to score. Owen Sheen made yeah. the point on off the ball last week. Kerry have shorn up one of the biggest issues that they've had for the last couple of years, and that was the concession of goals in key games. Mm-hmm. They've conceded a ridiculous amount of goals this year. It could be, could be one or two in, in, in play throughout the whole of the year. One, one. in 14 games. McCurry's goal and a Killarney on the last game. Like that, like that is going to be and a massive was, team when we talk about it next kick week. Off. Yeah. Yeah. No, K- Kerry have improved that definitely, but like Dublin need, need Khan. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's He's such a focal point. That, like there is talk of him being, being in trouble like for the, for the Kerry game. Like, is it, is it a hamstring or is this something else he has? But I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. And you're you're looking at it, and you can sort of oversimplify this. Like if he's not playing against Kerry, I think it's a massive challenge for Dublin to win that game. Hundred percent. And on the other side, if he plays and Clifford, who was clearly injured yesterday, doesn't play, I think well, it's I, a massive ask for Kerry to but Clifford obviously played and got through it. I, I think for, for Desi and for Dublin. I think Khan will be on the pitch by hook or by crook. Uh, he's that important. You could see it. Like I say, the more he doesn't play, 
the more important he becomes to Dublin, nearly. The higher well, stock rises. If they get if he plays and they get over Kerry, they'll probably win the final. Even if he's half fit. You know, they need him for the Kerry game. That's the one they have to get over. They fancy themselves if they can get over Kerry with Khan, they'd nearly take losing Khan in the final then, rather than risk not playing him in the semi. Yeah. I, I think. just think it's that big a game. He's that important. Yeah. I, I think he'll have to play. The unless rumor, it's, unless it's literally he can't, he, 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 even with whatever physio or anything you do to get him on the pitch, even still he couldn't play. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's that bad. I don't think anyone re- will really know for certain. But oh, he is that important. It, if it's his ankle, you'd be looking at. It's a big. Uh, it, 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 we, don't, we don't know the injury. We, we don't know. We don't know what it is. Like the you rumor that came out was that it was hamstrings and it was put to Desi, and Desi said. It's a race against time for the both of the lads. He neither confirmed nor denied that both have hamstring issues, but did admit their combined absence had a huge impact on the team. Captain and vice captain, <laughs> and two rock solid players. Now I know you can walk Bad normally. Fair there, like. <laughs> I, I I know you can walk normally when you have a hamstring injury, but like J- James McCarthy seemed to be. He, he did seem to be okay. Like I, I saw him walking up and down the sideline. He seemed to be happy out. I didn't see Khan walking the sideline. I did see Khan in the stadium, but I didn't see him walking the pitch. So. I can't make any guesses uh, as to his medical well, update. We're not going to know that. And that we're not going to know. Yeah. We're not gonna, Desi's not going to come out and say anything else. You're not going to get anything out of the Dublin camp, the players and anything like that. All you can look in the, in the face, but without them, they just lack an edge in attack. Yeah. Yeah. And the same as with, with, with Derry, the same as the question marks of Galway. There's areas that any weakness at this stage of the championship is going to be exploited ruthlessly. And if Khan's not in that Dublin attack, there is a bluntness there. Yeah. Dino, Costello, probably a little bit quiet, maybe not their best days. You'd still back them that they can turn it on. But Khan just gives an X factor. The exact same as what Clifford does with Kerry. They're that influential in the game. If, if he's not there, it's a massive ass, but we're not going to know. But, but even outside of that, I thought Dublin were probably just a little bit slow in attack. And maybe a little bit of, we know we're going to win this game. Yeah. The Jews well, weren't flowing. They bossed, uh, it, they bossed it in the second half, though. They bossed w- w- it. Like. Once they got a bit of a kick in the hole at half time, which I'm sure they would have because they wouldn't have been happy with that first half performance. They completely dominated the second half. I think 11 3, they win the second half. Yeah. Far, do they have any miss? One miss in the second half. So their efficiency goes right up again. Mm-hmm. And these are all things we're talking about. Derry kind of switching off defensively, those type of things. Missing easy shots, that is a mental thing. Like, if you give that ball to Scully or Kilkenny or Bugler in the first half, you're going 99 times over 100, they're nailing them. So it's just a little bit of sharpness there, which can happen. There's there's going to be no excuse. It's going to be flat to the mat. In my view, they're the two best teams. Yes, Derry have been phenomenal during a run. What God have done is exceptional. What we said, Dublin Kerry, we're waiting for this game for a long time. It'll be a sellout. I think they're the two best teams. But you cannot get away from the fact of Clifford kind of going around on one leg yesterday. He still let's, has a let's talk about that, James. Because what, what was what was your what was your feeling about Clifford? Because looking on the TV, uh, Mullen beats him to the first ball, and you're thinking, okay, right. Then Mullen beats him by three or four balls, and like I definitely was thinking he needs to be taken off here. And then he scores that wonder goal. But yeah. like, do you think that was it was the issue coming into the game, or what happened? Well, I think the first of all, the couple of the balls that came back out. Kerry were forcing it. Like they were putting balls in that weren't on. 
usually I think both teams were I think Mayo were doing it as well it's like they both yeah I think Mayo had definitely talked about putting more ball in or something hadn't they because they definitely tried more ball in 100% but Kerry were forcing it Clifford was the only man inside the say inside 30 yards at times and there was two or three Mayo back and Kerry was still kicking it in they were completely forcing it and their shape was all over the place because Ganey was pulled back for some reason and Paddy Clifford was gone back to field so they were hitting one target and it just wasn't working so you can put that down to Clifford injury. I think it was just a case of forcing to kick inside. He didn't look right though. The, he has the ball on the sideline and he slips. I think he rolls his ankle at that stage. Okay. The, so, ball, the ball that comes in along the deck and he kind of stands on it. Yeah. I, I think he actually gets injured doing that. Yes. I don't yeah. even think that was a pre-existing thing. I think the way he kind of, he could, you know, do you want to clamp your foot yeah. and kind of get a, a pain up your ankle or your Achilles like, I think he actually, the physio was treating when he came on as well. So yeah. I don't think that was anything that he brought into the game. Yeah, okay. I understand. I agree. I agree. So yeah. there, I would say definitely he wasn't at his sharpest. But we did say last week he needed to play that game because yeah. that wouldn't probably get Kerry over the line against Dublin. Do you know, he needed that game just to blow out the cobwebs. And now he's right. I think he'd be fine for Dublin. He definitely needed that game just to to play in Crow Park again. This was a, this was game on at halftime. Like Clifford had buried the goal, but like Mayo were right in it. Second half, I think ultimately Mayo's shooting efficiency is in and around I, I, 40. I, is I, in I around 40%. What, were you worried what, at all? No. Okay. I tell Not you what, at all. I would have been worried. I tell you, I would have been worried if Mayo had Tommy Connery and Ryan O'Donoghue. Yeah. Because <laughs> if they had them, I swear to God, they would actually be a force. But... The shot selection, the shot execution by by Mayo's players, honestly, Outlandish, was very, very poor. Like, not of the required. Yeah, it was poor. And we said before, you're only as good as your conversion rate or your scoring. There's no point in being brilliant to kickouts, fit as a fiddle, runners off the shoulders, <laughs> tackling like a demon. And they were. And they were all of those things. Yeah. And next thing the ball falls you in front of the goal and you kick it wide. What's the point in doing everything else if you're going to kick it wide? And there was a couple of chances that even you could see, you could hear the crowd. It fell to Ruan once. It fell to Gillian O'Connor. Yeah, Jordan Flynn. And the crowd went <gasps> kind of getting ready to cheer a point. And next thing, just, oh, just a deflation throughout the whole ground. And not even the Mayo crowd. I did the Arman Galway crowd were nearly even going the third oh, quarter, it was it had gone into that chaotic state and Kerry were under severe pressure. Ryan's kickouts were being they weren't in pressure. danger though because there was no quality. No, I hundred percent should be WhatsApp at half time. It was like they're in this, what'll happen here? And you just think Mayo are not gonna score them here. We said it last week, and it's you can dress it up any way you want, and we've said it so many times in this pod. They are not clinical enough in the biggest games. And it'll get you so far, but it will not get you over the line against the best teams. Yeah. And you're looking at that th- third quarter, and they've some phenomenal turnovers. Hessian, uh, McLaughlin, uh, oh McLaughlin, wing back. Jordan Flynn, phenomenal. Matty Roman is having his best game, and they're thinking, Kerry are rattled here. And we're talking about Mayo at their best, when there's turnovers, when there's the kick out is going all over the shop, and their, their supporters are in the game, and they have... I'd say maybe seven or eight chances in that third quarter and Kerry are rattled and they just cannot score. Matty Rowan has two where it's like he nearly tries to pirouette around. Yeah. He knows himself on a it's second. So much time. Just so much time. Like, he can't believe he's missed another one. 
Durkin James goes, Horn was under me for that. Uh, I thought he was going to go on, he's going to want the pitch himself. Like. <laughs> yeah. uh, he was depressed. Jordan Flynn is a bad one. Um, Paddy Durkin goes zero from three again. Yeah, zero yeah. from four, four. Zero from three. But but you know what? Like, and Killian O'Connor has two bad misses as well. They're forced shots. That's the thing. They're, they're right? not even on. And you can see Mayo are tired. Like Killian has one. I think it bounces nearly on the 13 before Shane Wink on his left foot. It's just like never on. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. the pressure is that they know we just need to get a score. It's like there's so much. They're, they're putting pressure on themselves. They're not working the ball at the good positions. And even the ones that they do, they're still missing. Like Cohen has one as well. It's just, it was like textbook Mayo. They're doing everything right. They're turning carry over. Ryan puts a kick out over the sideline. The crowd are in the mix. They're getting runners off the shoulders, and it's just car crash stuff when they go to pull the trigger. Can I put it? Can I put a few? The other end, Killian's plan just chips over. Nice handy one. That's Dean gets one. Game over. Game over. And it's we, just, you, you can't really, I can't really dress it up any other way. If you were saying Mayo over the last decade, what is the biggest issue in the biggest games? It is scoring efficiency. I have a couple of stats here, right? The last three big games they've played, Dublin 2020, Tyrone 21, Kerry 2022. So three, that's two All-Ireland finals and quarterfinals. Not the last, all the last big games, but those those three games, right? Yeah. 15 points against Dublin in 2020, 15 points against Tyrone in 21, 13 against Kerry in 22. They don't score goals in any of those games, right? And then in the second half, one point in the last 27 minutes in 2020, they get another point in 77 minutes. 2021, it's a little bit better, but they only scored two points in the last 16 minutes. 2022, James Carr's point from play in the 48 minute, I think is the only score in a, a spell of about 25, 30 minutes. Is it execution or is it that style of play and the fact that they're being forced to shoot from further out? Is it the other teams have worked them out completely and forcing them to shoot from elsewhere? Or like, what exactly is it? Is it that they just can't kick it or... Is it a bit more complicated than that? It's a combination of everything. Teams mark the middle against Mayo because they don't have the ability to shoot from the sides. They don't have that that Paddy's one with the right from the right. But over a decade, can you not practice that? Like, why? Of course you can, but they're obviously not. Like that, it comes down to that, that skill level. That's why the top players are the top players because when they get the one chance or the two chances, it goes over the black spot. Like Killian, Killian Splan is the perfect example. He sits on the bench. Honestly, I've been on the bench with him. He sits there. He, he barely even trots up and down the sideline for a warm-up. He just comes on and bang. You can count on him. Now, I know he lost one to Hawkeye, but usually he's 95%. Like, you need a couple of those fellas. If Mayo had one of them even, they would be a different outfit. Completely R- different. R- R- it's a skill level. He, he has... He, like Killian hasn't had a good season, lads. And yesterday, but he hasn't been right. He hasn't looked right. No, no. And he 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 was off it yesterday. He was under pressure. You could see second half in particular. There's nearly a mentality thing as well. Coming, it's like some of those shots. Like they're experienced players, and if they're looking back at that game reviewing, they know they are not the right shots to take. They apt. They're going. We are completely forcing that. They're nearly, they're nearly inside their own head. There's some ones you just can't let. Just like. I've said it. I think every Mayo game we've watched this year, Ruan shooting has let him down in games. Like Keegan has two shots yesterday, misses both. Paddy Durkin has three, misses all three. They're guys that Mayo, they're usually Mayo's top scorers. But even Cohen, O'Shea, Aiden O'Shea's brilliant point 
uh, Connor Loftus lands a bomb. They're all outside the scoring zone. Yeah, yeah they're 50 percenters anyway on yeah. the best of days for any team. Uh, Jack, Jack Kearney's point that, that curls in is probably the only score that is like yeah, from a shooting zone. It's a scoring area and it's like, like Mayo have good players, but we're talking about good players and I've said it with the four teams that are in the semi-finals. They all have areas that they need to improve on big time because your opposition are going to focus on it. You are analysed at this level of the championship like you would not believe. If you're a forward on any team now, the other... Every defender on the opposition team knows every single thing about you. That's the depth of analysis. They're going to force you into positions where they know you're not comfortable in. And James is right. If you're playing Mayo, you're just thinking, keep these guys in the wing and you're getting 35, 40% shots. They might have a day of days, which they did, which they did on some occasions, where Durkin kicks everything and Keegan gets worldies outside of the left foot like he got last week. They are unbelievably low percentage shots. And if you're looking at it, you're, you can't keep relying on your defenders. To do you need your forwards. You need two or three forwards. And if you're being brutally honest, Mayo haven't got them. If Killian O'Connor is not at his absolute best, which he clearly hasn't been over the last 12 months with the injuries, then you're missing just sheer bad luck with O'Donoghue being out. I don't even think Tommy Conroy is a shooter, lads. He, he's... He's a handful. He's dynamic. He causes havoc, which is something we freeze. don't really have in the forward. But, but he'll he, break the, yeah. I wouldn't have him as a, as a 95% shoot, not like a Killian Spillane or something, but they, they need him as well. But then you're looking at him. We touched on it. Every Mayo game, there's, there's probably two forward changes. Like Aiden Norm starts one. Horland doesn't really fancy him. He's out. Jason Doherty comes in after injuries, gets a game, gets 20 minutes. He's out. Kearney comes in. Well, got one point out of three or four. He's out. Carr starts every game. Carr He's dropped this week. Oh, it's a brilliant point. Carr does play. have a shot in him. Yeah, a Fergal Bowling. He's a bad miss. You're just like, none of them have kind of said, done a right of Dunahoo on it and go, Horan, you, you need to play, or whoever the new manager, you need to play me. I'm well, your man. Well, kick you're giving it away there. We do have a bit of breaking news that just broke as we started recording the podcast, Stephen, that James Horan is stepping away. Yeah. I'd love to get your take on it. In my opinion, I think time will be kind to James Horan. Uh, it's, it's hard to kind of separate the two reigns, but it is two opposing sides of the decade. Like, he brings Mayo to four All-Ireland finals. They don't get over the line in any of them. He wins six Connacht titles. They win one National Football League title. But he bridges both sides of an incredible Mayo era where they appear in semi-final after semi-final, final after final, but they just don't get over the line. Paddy, James Horn steps aside today. It's been a difficult season for him. Everything seems yeah. to have gone wrong. Injuries. I saw a quote from earlier on. We had no pitches. Any injury that come, came about came about. There's definitely factions in the Mayo support that were utterly and totally against Horn. We felt that when yeah. we were down in Castlebar, there was a there was yeah, a was. An uneasiness in the room. You know, yeah. Was this, had his time was was this a natural ending? I, yeah, no. Look, I, I think so. I'm, I'm not surprised at the results. Yesterday that, that he stepped away. I'm surprised that how quickly he's done it, basically within 24 hours of their feet. Um, I would say my opinion on Horner from the outside, and I don't really know him, but obviously we, we had some serious battles against the team. I think he's been a phenomenal manager for Mayo. There's obviously been a recency bias for a lot of people, uh, Mayo supporters, um, and you could see the reaction even on Twitter and social media and stuff after the game yesterday. They felt that there was just a staleness there. And to be fair, maybe it is. I think you can't get away from last to defeat the throne and last year's all earn a final. Having finally beaten Dublin, 
there was just a sense that finally this is a moment and not just the way, not just losing the game, but the way they lost the game. It was just a bad performance in another big final. And you wouldn't have, could Horn possibly left at that stage? There was just a, a frustration around everyone around Mayo GAA. And this season just has not. He still tried to bring two young players, but then they're getting injuries. You get into the championship, the massive game in Castlebar, which they lose to Galway. You just felt this season was not going to end well for Mayo, and, and that's how it's transpired. But if you look at what James Horner comes in first, 2011 is his first season. Mayo are not on the radar of winning an All-Ireland. They're not. Horn and, is a 38-year-old manager too. Like He's very young at that time. Yeah, but when he comes in and brings Mayo to the top table, Yes, they don't get over the line. And there's we spoke at length about all our finals they lost and semi-finals they lost in that period where they possibly could have, should have, whatever. They didn't. And that's the bottom line. But what he did in terms of bringing Mayo from, I would say, the mid-tier to right at the very top, competing for the biggest prize, I would, the second best team for me. I would have had them probably, I know Kerry Windy all earned in the fourth team, but I think Mayo were probably, we would have felt our biggest rivals in that period. That's a phenomenal job. He steps away and comes back when there's 10 of their biggest icons step away and trying to manage that transition. And he gets to the two All-Ireland Finals again. You cannot knock that. That is phenomenal service. Does he have flaws maybe in game management and tactical tweaks? And could he do something? Maybe they don't have the natural forwards. Can they organize a kind of style of play up front which can give those guys the best opportunity. Possibly these are all maybe critiques of him, but he's done a phenomenal job over the last decade for Mayo football. I don't think he owes them anything. And you're right, I agree. I think in time, Mayo supporters will understand the the sacrifice he made and the role he played in getting Mayo to the very top level of Gaelic football without ultimately winning the biggest prize. But I do think timing-wise, it's just, it feels like a natural end for him to step away and someone else to kind of come in and say, try and galvanise and maybe bring Mayo in a slightly different direction because, if you're being honest, they look as far away now from winning the Ireland, All-Ireland than they have at any stage. Like, In fairness to Mayo, this is probably the end of a, of a cycle for them. I saw, I just hung around after the, after the game the last day in the, in the press box and McLaughlin was out with his kids on the on the side yeah. of the field, you know, they're walking around. That was a giveaway, isn't it? Like Keegan was the same. Yeah. <laughs> Keegan was the same. I think Aiden Shea was out there. I'm just wondering. I know Keegan and Horan had a big embrace, just under the stand as well. It was like yeah. we're finished. It was kind of a right, we're we're done, kind of a, a feeling to it, which was kind of sad. But I think a couple of players will step away with him because even just because of the loyalty they have for him. And you'd have to think some of those players will be kind of sitting at home and they'll be like, does this team have a future now? Do, you know, do we have an Ireland in us or have the 10 years gone? Did we miss our best chance? Which they probably have. They were yeah. so, like, when we think about the luck they've had, they've had own, two own goals in the final. They've had penalties against them. They've had red cards against them. Yeah. They've had missed penalties for them. Like, everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong for them and they couldn't get over the line in the biggest one. But you'd have to say Horn's leadership, along with the Aiden Shays, the Keegans, the Higgins, the McLaughlins, to come back every year and go again, go again, and still maintain that level. It was unbelievable, to be fair to them. Yeah. So like that, Paddy, that, you, that mentality. I think so, yeah. And Paddy, you mentioned the manner in which he dealt with the transition of the 10 
Not easy. Legends leaving the dressing room. And like he did bring through a completely young new bunch. We won't talk about it today, but it would be interesting to get your take on what a team like Mayo need to do to go in a different direction because it's different than a Meads next manager or, uh, you know, a different yeah, county division two okay. or three. It's they are all, division one county. It's not all doom and gloom. Like there's raw materials there. You've, you've got the likes of Oshie Mullen, Hessian, McLaughlin, Owen McLaughlin, Conroy will be back, Ryan have done it. There are younger players there. Dermot O'Connor and Keenan O'Connor are still youngish. Like, you're, they're not starting from the lowest of bases, but if, if I'm being honest, and in no way in any slight on anything you do feel there was a generation of players there which were outstanding who are coming to the end if they've not already moved on they're coming to the end and you're thinking will they get better chances than what they've had over the last five or six years to win an All-Ireland probably not you do feel that maybe the opportunity with that group was probably gone I think it's a natural conclusion for, for, for Horn to step away but like I say, it's not all doom and gloom. There, there's still some pretty good raw materials there for, for Mayo with younger players. Um, but maybe a different direction, a different style of play. I, I, their backs attacking all the time, all the time, yeah. all the time. I, I just don't think that's going to be enough to win an All-Ireland. I think they need to... It feels like down the stretch in all of these key games, down the stretch, that style runs out of gas eventually. And, like yeah. it, it is. Yeah. Dress it up any way you want. Yeah. If you cannot kick the ball over the bar under the biggest pressure you're just you are not and it's nearly a credit that they got so close with this glaring issue yes um, but I don't think lads that that's a style of play either like I think the style of play the mentality was, it's, was it's, bang on but they, like everything they do is on the money up until they see the posts yeah, that's like, an important bit of it though Jimmy it's, it's the <laughs> most important part of it but it, it seems to me now I know that I don't know it, it might be different down here but that's nearly the the most enjoyable part or the, the, the yeah. best part. Like, do you know, the whole, how, how that's that all you have to do. I'd still be playing you. myself, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Paddy, you have to go coaching your, your team yeah, this afternoon. So we have for about an hour and a half. <laughs> three, that's all I do with them. We have three minutes left here for a couple of quick fire questions from the football pod listeners. Lads, there's actually about 120 questions in. So I'm going to save some of them for next week. We're going to record our big All-Ireland semi-final and Talchon Cup final preview. So a couple of quick fire ones. This is quick. James Donahue. This coming in from Ono Lachlan. How does James feel about Armagh fisting it over the bar a number of times? And I'll add in Jamar Hall's chance as well. No, Jamar Hall was right to take the point. Okay. To go one up. To go one up in the last minute, they would have backed themselves to not let Galway score at that stage. Jarley Oak Burns, that's a goal chance that the other teams would have would have buried. Okay. He should have slipped it to his left and they were in for a goal. In my Pat, opinion. Paddy Andrews, quick fire. How big of an influence, this is from Niall Flynn, how big of an influence is Bernard Dunn having in Galway involving the background team with Joyce and O'Neill? I only realised it last week as well. Honor. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, he's a good man to have around now. He wouldn't be in, on the tactical side of things, but around kind of mentality performance, yeah. He was uh, he was definitely useful for us around that. Great fellow. What is the greatest pressure free that you've seen of all time? The greatest under pressure free. Da, 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 oof. Off the have top of my head, I can't. I can't. Okay, have a think. Have a think about it. Well, I have a couple there on it. Go for it. Go for Dean on seventeen and yeah. Peter Canavan against their man. Dean Rocks wants to win, wasn't it? That's what I, I think. To win, no, there's to less draw. pressure. Yeah, I think. Morris, Canavan was amazing. Morris Fitz and Turles because they're losing. Yeah. It's massive in 0-1 and it's one of the best points ever scored. Reno Nails. Like, if yeah. you're losing, 
and you have to nail it. That's, That's added pressure. That's added yeah. pressure. But Canavan's against Armagh now five. That was to win as well. That was to win. That was sensational. Yeah. What's good that yeah. day is the, the interaction between Mulligan and Canavan. Mulligan doesn't Mulligan. want to take it. <laughs> Mulligan, he's laughing now. He's guy yeah. he doesn't know whether he wants it or doesn't want it. He doesn't want it. Yeah. If you want it, he'd have grabbed it. He's <laughs> uh, a little giggle as well. I'd have uh, it with Canavan as well, to be fair to him. James, this is coming in from former Westmead footballer Alan Mangan. <clears throat> Alan Mangan. Tell me Actually, how things. I have an answer to that question. Go for it, Jack. Go for it. Barry John Walsh in the minor Munster finally <laughs> against Tipperary in my year minor I forget 2009 or something he hit a free from the 21 off the ground with his bad leg it was absolutely unbelievable last second by sideline to win it or level it or what to level it near the sideline a replay what's that the replay. Was, it, was it near the sideline you said on the 21 but was sorry near- on the sideline on the sideline yeah. 21 bad leg off the ground Barry wow. John Watch. Watch. Tommy Watch. Tommy's brother. brother. Tommy's brother. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was the best miner in the country by a mile at the time, but he'd never yeah, seen him yeah. do that. And we were t- one point down to tip now, it would have been a bad loss. And that was a great tip team. All the lads went on to win a senior Munster. Yeah. But that was that was the most pressure yeah. one that I've been involved in. It was class. Okay, Sorry, James. Tom, go on with that question. Two really quick ones. Was Sean O'Shea's performance concerning? This no. is coming in from Ed Dennehy. I don't think so. He, he scored one unbelievable point in the first half where he looked very silky. Uh, he threw a couple of dummies and threw it over. And then he created the goal chance for Tom O'Sullivan, where he looked he looked very silky there as well. And um, he tried very hard. He was up and down the field. He played that kind of all-action performance. I think it, he's, he's, it, he's it was just right come Dublin. A good game for all those carry lads to get. Okay. Yeah. They weren't at the best, but that would bring them on. It was the first big test from but I wouldn't be concerned about Shadow no. Just to mention, Tom O'Sullivan's three points from play and that unbelievable ball he played to Paul Ganey. I thought Ganey had a great game, but he should have buried that chance. The other cornerback I want to mention, Lee Gannon. Two brilliant points from play, yes. two brilliant assists for Brian Fenton. I am really looking forward to seeing how Gannon deals with being in the cauldron of a Kerry Dublin game, but yes. really impressed oh, with him. Really impressed with him. Last one this week, last in episode 24 of the Football Pod. James, I meant to put this to you a week or two ago. Tommy House Things, listening to the live show here in Castle Bar just as I mentioned that, we will have details very soon of our next roadshow. I can't tell you where it's going to be. It's going to be in Dublin. It's going to be in Dublin. I can't tell you where though, but it is going to be the Wednesday after the All-Ireland semi-finals. So tickets are going to be released hopefully later this week. Go get them then. We can't wait to see. We'll be announcing our Celebrate guests Celebrating Dublin win, building up to the All-Ireland Well, final. it'll be about 10 days out from the All-Ireland finals. We'll be building up to the All-Ireland final whether it's Dublin, Kerry, Galway, Derry in it. Okay. This coming in from Alan Mangan, James. Tommy House thinks, listening to the live show on Castle Bar, can you just ask James, did he get that mantra off Paddy O'Shea? Back in 04, Paddy O'Shea used to say to us at forwards meetings that all the forward needs is to get lucky once. The back has to get lucky all the time. Heard it. No, that's original. Even though the party used to say that, I'll tell you what great minds think alike, but... <laughs> yeah. Alan said it was to have with the Curry so fans there again, was it? Well, in fairness, Paddy's probably coming from a time where they used to bomb it in. And... <laughs> All it needed was one lucky break for the forward, yeah. so it was even more more true back then. Our man must have followed that mantra this weekend too. It nearly worked for Mayo in the first half. Kevin McLaughlin. <sighs> They're going to be leading at halftime. Yeah, it was a long ball that just broke from. But look, I think it's going to come back around, Petty. I think that it, the ball is just going to have to be delivered faster next year. Yeah, because this hanging on to the ball, doing nothing with it. It's it's the, it's not, the Dublin Kerry game on Sunday week. That ball is going is going to be kicked inside on both teams. Both teams are going to attack and go for that. 100%. Especially if you have Conan Clifford on the pitch. One, 
million percent. That's what's going to happen. Gainey's handling. He loves a long ball. Yeah. yeah. I think he's going to be Kerry's X Factor, if I'm being honest. With you. Lads, it's got to be box office. I can't wait to talk to you, lads, next week in episode 25 of the Football Pod. We'll be building up to the semifinals and the Tatching Cup final. Pleasure being with you again this week. Thanks to everyone at home for listening in and the interest in the podcast every single week. Share it, tell your friends about it, make sure you're subscribed. This is episode 24. Paddy Andrews, fair play for catching it all on your uh, jaunt to Portugal for the wedding at the weekend. Got to go and coach the kids now. Lads. Go coach the kids. James Dunne, well done on your uh, radio debut in Crow Park. You'll be had back. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. You'll be right. Good luck. Bye. Bye, 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 bye.